God help and forgive me, I want to build something that's gonna outlive me. I don't know if any of you are musical fans. I'm a huge musical fan. And uh, definitely Hamilton kicks ass. That was a great one. I listen to it all the time at work. Um, you know, guy's never satisfied. Not throwing away his shot. And I'm reaching out tonight just as a freaking... It's March 23rd, by the way. It's uh, 5.50. I'm whooped uh, midweek here. But, man, I, I'm reaching out tonight, you guys, because I'm freaking hosed, man. This dude's coming... He, my, my buddy's coming, he's coming pretty early. I, I expect him to be here about about 7, 7.15, so that gives us time to burn. And I, I can honestly say I have never, the only person I've ever said no to when it comes to smoking weed is my deadbeat buddy, who uh, to, total deadbeat, deadbeat dad, deadbeat husband, um, deadbeat employee, deadbeat hunter, deadbeat fisherman, like... Everything he does is inadequate and self-centered, and he's a piece of shit. <laughs> he's a really nice guy in some ways, like on the surface, but all drug dealers are, right? Um, I don't hang out with him anymore at all. And he's the only guy, because I knew, I was like, I don't ever, like there was nothing, nothing about that guy that I wanted to be like. Not one freaking thing. And so that was the only person in my life through all my quitting phases where I've been able to say no to. And, of course, it's always when he had some new shit and, you know, oh, this is the best, this is a clone of the best plant I've ever grown, blah, 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 blah. And now my buddy's coming down, and I I have no idea what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say. Uh, I have an idea. I'm probably going to freaking burn with this guy. Uh, made it through last night, fine, man. I actually had a little bit of a dream. And so that was encouraging. It's like, oh, hey, maybe I'm not as far gone as I thought. So that's exciting. But I couldn't say no to my to my work friend, and I, I say work friend, you guys, it was straight up my one of my bosses. And so I was like, how many times did you get to smoke with your boss? So I, I had ruined my streak for the sake of that novel experience, and then once you pop the top, that's all she wrote. And I was hosed for the next week. The, the devil took me over, the, the demon inside reared its head. And I was complacent. I had been on top of the world. It just And it's this repeatable pattern. You know, I'm starting to figure it out. I say starting to figure it out. I've known it. Yeah, I get on top of the world, kicking ass, taking names. And then you let your guard down and zoom, you slide right back down to nothing. Um, it's, so if you guys, it's quitting marijuana podcast at gmail.com. You know, they talk about that with alcoholism. So I was in a chemical dependency thing for a long time to try to make a case better for the court of law. And I was learning just a tiny bit about the 12 steps, not too much. Um, it was more like we all had to go and piss in a cup and talk about our feelings. It was just this accountability thing, which was ironic because I was completely sober. I had been sober for two months leading up to that. You know, I, I had just been caught in the wrong place, wrong time. Uh, but depending on how you look at it, maybe it was the right place, right time. Who knows what my future would have held had uh, my whole life not been turned upside down. And... It, one of the things they talk about is, you know, cutting these cutting these people out of your life, um, just not being able to hang out with them, and how that's one of the hardest things, how, you know, alcohol, it's in every social function. I mean, it's just permeated our culture, our world. Well, that's kind of how it is for weed, except weed's even worse, because you can do stuff while you're high. You might not do it super great, but you're. <laughs> I don't think an argument could be made that you can drink all day 
uh, and still get shit done. I mean, I don't know. My, my friend's an alcoholic. She does that. Um, she gets quite a bit of stuff done. But she doesn't start drinking usually till the evening. Sometimes she has one in the morning, but it's not very often. Whereas the old wake and bake is classic, right? Like, get yourself in the zone. Wake up, burn, uh, start your morning. And then, you know, as that wears off, burn again, keep going, burn again. And so what I'm finding is that it's embedded in everything I freaking do. Everything. You know, and I'm a, I'm a fitness nut. I'm a exercise junkie, man. I'm, I'm all about it. You guys got questions about squats, deadlifts, triathlon, you name it. I, I, I got answers for you, man. I've studied with some of the best and I, I got a PhD from the school of hard knocks. Let me tell you what, but after I work out, I used to burn, uh, and I'm an outdoorsman. I love to hunt. I love to fish. I love to scout, but what do I do when I do that? I burn. The only thing I guess I don't burn during is work. <laughs> uh, and what do I need to do? Like like construction style work, I guess. But I mean, I don't burn uh, while I'm teaching either before I go to school. Some teachers do. I do not. And, <laughs> I'm, you know, maybe I need to fill my life with more work. One of the one of the emails I got was about distractions. You know, the, the, the guy was like, listen, man, you know, I just had to distract myself. And he got over it. He got over the two-week hump of being miserable and... And nobody could stand to be around him. And then he made it another two weeks, so he made it the full month. And he was in the clear. He, he said he felt well-rested. He was getting good sleep. Uh, he, was, he was taking life on life's terms. And, man, that's so awesome. And so my, my question to that guy, or my question to all of you is, like, what is the go-to response? Is it just a straight-up no? Like, nah, man, I'm not doing that right now. Uh is it as simple as that? And do you have to be strong enough to say it? Probably, right? I'm, here I am grasping at straws looking for the easy way out when I'm sure there is no easy way out. I'm sure it is so much as just, nah, man, that, that shit's not good for me. Uh, it's not really aligned with where I want to be because I don't... And, and then and then they say, why, right? And then, then you have to say, well, because I don't want to be mediocre. And then they're like, well, mediocre? You mean like me? And then it turns on this whole fucking thing. It gets awkward as hell. And, I, I mean, I guess for me, it's it's the speech and it's the, the memory. I can say all these things. But I'm just curious if anybody has had some some real success if, or if they have gone through that fire of having to cut ties with friends or to establish stuff with friends like, hey, I'm doing this thing. Please don't tempt me. La, da, 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 da. And what that was like. And, 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 and maybe the success at the end of it. Maybe I need to hear that man, it worked out, and now my friends really respect me, or wow, it worked out, and I don't even hang out with those people anymore, my life is 10 times better. Or maybe it's, yeah, you know what, I, I don't burn with those people anymore, but it sucks, it sucks hanging out with them while they're smoking, and I'm, and I'm not, and it's still a grind, and it's still really hard. Uh, I'm not worried about smoking tomorrow. I, I feel good, you guys. I mean, I'm telling you, I was in the ultimate low after losing that property. I mean, that... That cut me so deep. I mean, it's one thing to get suspended from college, right? Like, you know, wrong place, wrong time, and you get suspended, and then you got to go back. Like, that that was a rock bottom at the time. You let your family down. You let your friends down. Like, you're the big man on campus, and all of a sudden, you're nobody. And it was a long, long climb back, you know, community service, uh, taking odd jobs, working with my father again. It, it wasn't easy, but I, I did it. 
and it, it changed me. It scarred me in many ways. Like I didn't have the confidence that I that I normally had. I got I got busted for cheating on a final exam, which was ludicrous because I was like a three point eight GPA type guy. And I just went to the professor and I just poured my heart out to him and was like, "Listen, man, I'm I'm just in a bad place. I'm just messed up, and all I can ask for is a little bit of mercy." Um, and so he just failed me, you know, rather than getting me kicked out of school. And I reached out to him later after I after I got my first big gig, uh, my first teaching job, and I was like, "Hey, I just want to let you know, I it worked out. I made it. You know, I'm I'm doing it." And he was really happy and. And I still hope I, I see that guy again someday because he, he treated me fairly when other people didn't. Um, it's a long it's a long story. We can talk about it another time. But essentially, like the big drug dealer got the same sentence as I got, and all I had was like a small bag of I had like a gram and a half of cocaine that somebody had given me for the drug dealer to test. <laughs> you know, the drug dealer has all you know acid and you know coke and weed and cash and all this stuff. But he had a lot of friends on the faculty, whereas I was always kind of going head-to-head with the faculty. They didn't like me. I went to kind of a nerdy college, and I had like a 19-inch neck or something. I was at the height of my powerlifting strongman days. I was was walking around campus with a full gallon of whole milk, you know, pounding it, wearing my jorts and my fake Tims. It was just ridiculous, man. I look back and I'm like, what a fucking clown. So anyway, those nerdy college professors definitely did not like me and I was not afraid of confrontation. So uh, rather than reach out to the professors on my behalf, I reached out to the student body. And I got like 24, 25 letters from kids because one of the things they say about suspending you is you're like a danger, right? You're like you're a threat to the to the campus. And so all these people are like, oh man, this guy... Uh, Jonah, you know, he's, he's changed my life. He's, he's touched me in ways nobody else has. I'm, I'm stronger because of him. I'm faster because of him. I'm, I get better grades because of him. I get, you know, cause I, I, I was, I was a light. I was a light to the world. I, I did that kind of shit. And <laughs> the, the Dean who was in charge of all this, this is fucking cunt. She, uh, she was, she wanted me to tell her the whole story. Yeah, I had paid $10,000 for a lawyer, right? And this guy's like, you can't tell anybody anything while we're going through this. Like, nobody. And I said, okay. And so here she is trying to get me to spill the beans about what happened. I said, hey, my lawyer doesn't want me to talk about that. And she's like, well, you got to tell me. I said, I, I I just paid this guy ten grand. He told me not to tell anybody, so I'm not telling you. And she fucking pitched a fit. She was pissed. And she fucking slapped it on me bad. And I think my butt, my friend, you know, the, the big dealer, I think he did end up kind of confessing all the way around that combined with the faculty who loved him. And so I, I'm not mad at, at my buddy, right? Like, it, it, I'm I'm glad he got back in. He's a good dude, and he's totally turned his life around. He's a, he's a different guy in many ways. But I was pissed. I was bitter. Uh, and, it, and it wasn't easy. So fast forward to... You know, right now, it's not a rock bottom in the sense that my whole life is upended, but it is a rock bottom in the sense that my whole life I've been looking for property. And the best opportunity that I've ever seen, and I've pursued many opportunities, but the best one that I've ever seen, I dropped the ball because I was tired. And here's the thing. I'm tired when I smoke. But I'm the kind of guy who, when I did cocaine, I went on a like a little two-week 
bender or whatever. I, I don't even want to call it a bender, like an experiment phase uh, prior to getting in trouble in school. Like, I just tried a bunch of stuff out, man. I, I had I had been an RA, you know, I had done that thing for a while, and then I left, I was jaded. And uh, 21st birthday comes around, and nobody wants to go to the bar, so I do a line of K, and, and they all leave. And, <laughs> and I do another line of K, that I, you know, I wake up in the morning on the couch, turns out I had tried to make myself an egg bagel sandwich, I had burned it. And I, they came home, and they found me with my, my face in an egg bagel sandwich, a black egg bagel sandwich. So... Anyway, you know, as the weeks, as the few next few days went on, I was trying all sorts of stuff. I had snorted, um, you know, Vicodin. I, I, I did, and, and I did cocaine, right? Like cocaine had finally hit campus. I mean, it's probably been there, but it had finally hit my college at least. And maybe we were just old enough to be exposed to it. And everybody's loving it. <laughs> like we're playing beer pong and they're like, oh man, I feel good, you know. <laughs> like they're breathing heavy, you know, everybody's flexing up on each other. And I'm just like, okay, I don't feel, I feel completely normal. Uh, and everybody's all jacked up. Here's the thing, it, it got to be like 10 or 10.30 at night and I'm like, oh, okay, so it kept me up. But I feel like that all the fucking time. <laughs> I feel like that all the fucking time. I feel jacked up and ready to rumble and quick, you know, ready with a word, ready with a thought. I'm a thinker, actor, doer, you know, live wire. And I'm not like a squirrel, not in that sense, but, you know, a fucking full-on alpha male looking for trouble. And so and I, I'm like, all right, well, whatever, I'll try it again. And so a couple nights later, I did it again. And it was the same thing. I was like, wow, I just... You know, I was going to be sleepy. I'm not sleeping anymore. Now I just feel like myself. And everybody else is, <laughs> they're just raving about it. I don't know. They're just talking about how great it was. And I was like, you guys, I feel like this all the time. I'm not interested in doing this again because this is how I feel 24-7. I'm trying to get away from that shit. That's why I like ketamine so much. And what's crazy is I, I had a job where I was taking care of environmental waste and like pharmaceutical uh, chemicals that had been expired. And I came across like a 500 gram jar of ketamine it was huge and like laboratory grade pure and i gotta tell you i was i was hard tempted to take that but you know it was just a two-week thing and i had lost you know my grades started to slip so i i stopped that and i sobered up and then i eventually got in trouble for wrong place wrong time and so here i am two years later running across this ketamine and i'm just like man this is not it'd be cool but I, you know, I just I'm playing life on life's terms now. You know, trying to play by the rules. So I, I, I didn't do shit with it, and I'm glad I didn't. Man, it could have really fucked me up. Could have changed the game. I mean, who knows? Maybe you take a line of that and you die. You know, I was thinking more about selling it, but this stuff's so pure and potent compared to what a college would probably get. Could have fucking killed me. So praise the Lord that I did not do that. He's he's. Listen, man, I've been trying to follow Jesus Christ now, and I'm not doing a good job of it. You got to go to church. You got to change the way you act, the way you think. And now I've accepted the idea of it, right? Like the idea that the universe and all the energy in the universe, um, the way that I can relate to it and and connect with it the most and interpret it is through the Bible, right? It's the, like the oldest book in the world. It's a collection of stories that are timeless. And so, and, and I was brought up that way. I was brought up in the church. So I, I relate to it. I connect to it. And so here's the thing. Jesus Christ the Lord, the, the energy of the universe, the great turtle in the sky has saved me from so much. 
so much. I I should not be here talking to you guys, man. I should not be here. And, and, and if you had met me in high school, you would have said, no way, this kid's got it going on. But I'm just a dumbass. Like, sometimes I, I'm impulsive as hell. You know, we went to a, I, I went to a concert, uh, outdoor concert, my very first one, country concert. Hey, it turns out everybody drinks like fish there. And so I get fucking hammered. And I can sleep in my car, or I can drive all the way back to the city. And so what do I do? As I try to pull out of the parking lot, I smash the entire side of my car up on a telephone pole. Just rip it all. Knock off the freaking rearview mirror. Smash my taillight out. Tear up the side. And I'm like, oh, whoops. And I just fucking continue on home. What happens then? Thunderstorm. Torrential downpour. I'm driving this stink-ass little sedan, this, and, and I'm flying, I'm going like 95, 110, every time I see a U-turn, I hit the brakes, and then I hammer down again, I, I should have died, I should have been pulled over by a cop, I made it back somehow, and if there's anything I'll say to you if you're a young listener, I just want to tell you this, this is what I say to my students now, and the kindergartners don't get it, but my sixth graders kind of got it. You can fucking roll the dice all you want. And it might not come up as snake eyes. You could roll the dice for 10 years. You could cheat, lie, break the law, not play according to the rules. And what you're doing is you're rolling the dice. Rolling the dice. But what I learned after that experience in college is I don't if if you if the worst case scenario is something that you that that is no good. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm fucking. <clears throat> if the worst case scenario is unacceptable, then you shouldn't do it. If you're gonna roll the dice, and if it comes up snake eyes, and that snake eyes is gonna fuck you, and there's every being, every bit of your fiber that knows that's horrible and it would be awful and it would change you forever. Don't fucking roll the dice, you dumbass. Like don't fucking do it. There's a thousand other ways, a thousand other moves that you could play in this game of life. Don't fucking roll the dice. And so I've rolled the dice so many times. And I have, there's just, I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful to be talking to you guys. I'm really thankful for your emails and your stories. I'm going to be sharing those. Um, But if you guys could send a little bit about that social piece, it would mean the world to me because that's what I'm navigating right now. Like, now I actually do have a person in my life that I really respect, my goddamn supervisor. And now I have to figure out this. Because here's the thing, I don't like drinking, man. Like, it just tears me up. I'm an athlete. Like, I don't want to drink and then feel like dog shit and fucking wake up the next morning with the sniffles. Because that's what happens to me. It kills my metabolism. I get cold when I drink. I don't get warm. Like, I can feel parts of my body, like my cells are literally dying. You know, I can feel it. And the next morning you feel like dog shit. And it's just... It's not for me, you know, but that's the social thing, right? Everybody gets together and they get fucked up. So it's just it's just tricky. I appreciate you bearing with me through this. God damn, we're we've been cooking right along. I go to find a quote, right, and a Bible verse, and you guys will never believe it. So George Washington. Uh, oh my god, my computer. <clears throat> This is not a good podcast. This is a fucking crappy podcast. Hey, we hate you. We're not going to listen ever again. Screw you. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, 
believe it or not, this is the this is the one that comes up, right? And here I am while I'm grappling with all this stuff. It is far better to be alone than to be in bad company. Wow. George Washington. And then and then I look up a Bible verse, what comes up? Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. That's James chapter 1, verse 12. Well, remember to find satisfaction in the struggle, you guys, and peace in the moment. We'll see you next time.